when you when you talk about America, um, what's your perspective on on how you? Because then you said at the same time, well, you'll talk to people and they'll say, but that's not me. That's not how I feel. We love you or I love you. Um, how do you distinguish then the, the kind of broad reaching, overarching perspective of America versus the individual that you're talking to? So when I go into a room of people I don't know, I'm consider- I-, I look at it as America. Mm. When I go into a room of people that, okay. I can, you can invite me, I can just show up at your house and then all of a sudden uh, I, I, can, I can come to dinner. Or you can invite me to your house and there's a warm welcome. When I go into a room of people I know, then I judge the room based on the people I know. So I know you, me and you can sit down and have a meal. I don't feel like I'm gonna get called any crazy names, right? But if I go into some parts of this country and I just walk into an unknown room, then that is what I consider America because I don't know what I'm walking into. And I start off with a level of cautiousness until I know it's friendly. Does, and think of it like walking into a, in, in the dark. You are cautious. You're not just running through the dark. But then if you know the room is empty, then you can walk a little bit more freely. And I, I look at America as the unknown. And that's how I feel about the unknown. And then if it's known, then, you know, I, I, I and, and I say that to say because it's difficult. Because when we talk about this, um, minorities understand it. And sometimes white people don't, don't get it and they get personally offended. And it's not that we're trying to personally offend. We're trying to enlighten you to how other people feel. Because, yeah, you know, I am used to being in a room with mostly people that don't look like me right now. And I give the analogy of imagine if, well, hold on, hold on. Adam. Right. I want to call a spade a spade. Right? right. So, so obviously like I'm a white man, you're a black man. We're having this conversation. Um, and, and so is it any different? So let me, let me throw this out there. Um, so if I, if I walk into, let, let's just, I'm going to take race out of it for a second. And if I walk into a room full of women, like an entire conference room full of women, I'm going to feel uncomfortable uh, because it's unknown. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know if I can identify with what they're talking about fully. doesn't mean I don't think I can have a conversation with them, of course, but, but like I don't know their perspective, right? And so I think that's that, what you're saying to me is, um, is important because it helps me understand that your perspective when you're walking into a room that you're considering America. Uh, I'm just curious as to, you know, I'm not offended by that. Um, it helps me understand, but, but I'm wondering what, like, what does that, um, how is that different? How is it different to walk into a room when we include race? Because uh, I'd probably feel really unusual, and I, and I, I certainly would. If I walk into a, a room of where, where there's, because this is kind of what you're describing, right? I'll reverse it. Where you walk into a conference room with 150 other doctors and you're the only black guy, right? And if I could flip that and say, I'm, I'm walking into a conference room with 150 other doctors and I'm the only white guy, I probably feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Is it the case that it's more frequent for you that makes you feel less comfortable? Or is it then, or more aware of it than I would be because it doesn't happen as often? 
most white people would never even think about what you what, what you just said that it could it could be more uncomfortable for me until I, we have this conversation that does not go through most non-minorities mind that a person that walks in the room could be a little bit more uncomfortable when we have the conversation then you think about it but until then you could go through a conference hall and see the one minority in the room and not think you know what they may be a little uncomfortable right maybe i give them a warm welcome because there's a difference like if you come in and somebody says, hey, so nice mm. to see you. I'm so happy that you're here. You know what? I have a seat for you right over here. We have some water. I was expecting you. Um, let me know if you need anything. Here's my cell phone number. And you know what? We're having a dinner this evening. I would love for you to attend um, this dinner. It's like a little VIP dinner. I would love for you to, to attend. I have a few friends coming, blah, blah, blah. Now Do you know what sudden, people are worried about? Do you know what people are worried about? Work. They're worried about if they do that. I, I'm, I'm just speculating. Okay. I don't know okay. for sure, but um, it's, it's, it's wonderful that you said that because I suspect that people are worried that if they did that, you'd think they were racist. Why would I think they're racist? No, because, because you, is that, do you have a perspective that potentially if somebody comes in and says, I'm going to, I'm going to seek Adam out because he's the only black guy in the room and try to welcome him. You, you wouldn't think that, Okay, well, let, I, I'm just asking you. I'm let's, just, go, I, let's go to a definition of racism so we can, okay. we can get this because we, we discussed no, it. No, sorry. Let me say it differently. Maybe I shouldn't have said racism. Yeah, Maybe I should okay. say that, um, that we are um, maybe not seeking him out for who he is or for what he looks like. Okay. So. And, and it's good to know that you don't care about that because, because I do think there's probably people that, that in the back of their minds just don't do it because they don't want to make you feel more uncomfortable and not realizing that it would actually make you feel more comfortable if they did it. Hello and welcome to the Chris Will Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a conversation with my friend, Dr. Adam Ramsey, and it was a great conversation. I think it was a very frank, honest, open conversation about uh, race in America and also race in eye care. Uh, and I, I gained a lot from his perspective, and I hope he gained some from my perspective. I, I, I suspect he did. I had a lot of fun with this conversation, um, even though it was kind of a tough conversation to have. I think we should, uh, in eye care, be having these types of discussions. And I hope that it opens the door and, and makes people less afraid to have them uh, and, and less afraid to disagree. Adam and I disagree about a number of things. We, we probably agree about more than we disagree about, but. We were, we were open to, to those disagreements and um, shedding light on why, why we see things the way we see things. Um, but it was a great conversation. I, I was really excited to have this conversation for the last few months. So, um, so please enjoy it. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, and share it with your friends. And support those who support us. We've been providing myopia control treatments in our practice for years. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, CooperVision has received FDA approval of its innovative MySight one-day contact lens. This will be the cornerstone of a comprehensive myopia management approach to be offered by CooperVision. This daily wear, single-use contact lens is the first and only FDA-approved product clinically proven to slow the progression of myopia when initially prescribed for children 8 to 12 years old and when compared to children in the control group wearing a single-vision one-day contact lens. Check out the show notes for all the specific prescribing details and to get more information about this lens and how you can begin to offer it in your practice. Oh, yeah. So... 
So I'll tell you, we're, we're already recording. It's we're already recording. We're rolling <laughs> in. We're rolling in. I learned, I learned my lessons with you. So I, I, I know how this goes now. I'm I, not I, trying there's to no get blueprint. There's no, there's no <laughs> blueprint. I know, I know. I learned with you. I'm good to go now. Yeah, sorry. sorry. You're good. Uh, so are you getting excited? How's your wife I'm, doing? I'm excited, man. She's good, man. She was eight and a half months. She got uh, measured yesterday. Baby six pounds, one ounces in there. So um, uh, fatherhood is 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 upon us, and you know, with with fatherhood comes a lot of responsibility that the man with eight kids knows. Um, and it's it, it's it's something that's different. But the one thing that I'm concerned about, and I literally sit in the driveway and think about, is that my daughter is going to be born. And there's some things I can't protect her from. And there's some feelings she's going to have that no matter how much money, power, influence, no matter how successful her daddy tries to be, there's some things that I will not be able to keep her from. There are people that are going to call her names and she's going to come home and say, Daddy, what, what does this mean? Why did they call me this? Because she would not have heard that in her own home. And I literally, it gets me emotional because I'm like, I can try to do everything as perfectly as possible and I can try and keep her in a bubble as possible, but there's still a world out there that I have no control over. And um, that, that makes me, and if people that follow my social media can see what I do in the community and how I try to give back and how I try to influence the next generation, uh, because that generation is what my daughter is going to live in. And if I just stay in my bubble that I see a lot of people do is, is stay in my bubble. So my house is good. My family is good. I handle my stuff. I do my work and I go home. But sometimes black people doesn't have that luxury because some other people, the world can be your own bubble and you could be insulated from the world. And once you are good, your family is good. But that isn't everybody else's reality. Sometimes the world affects you when you have done nothing to the world, um, the guy, the, the head coach of the Clippers, um, you know, said that this week was like, black people love America, but it doesn't seem like America loves black people. And I think that is so profound of how the feeling is that you could love something so much and yet it can spit in your face. And it is a tough reality that not unless you live it, you, it's, it's hard to really grasp it. And even when people made that statement, other people would be like, no, that's not it. That's, you know, I, I'm not like that. And the, the crazy thing is, is that when you have that statement, you're not talking about you. We're not talking about when somebody says, I'm not like that. I understand. Nobody said you were. We made a statement about America. And he's like, oh, that's not, that's not the America I know. But as the America we know, that's the America that we live in. That's the feeling that we have. Now, when is other people going to be concerned about the reality every other people have as opposed to just their own reality? And that's the, that's the tough part. That's the part that eats me up. Um, so it's crazy because when you ask me about my daughter, that's like, that's, that's what I think of. And that should not be my thought when somebody asks me, how are you feeling about your daughter? And my feeling is, baby, can you stay in the womb a little bit longer? Mm. Because the world isn't ready for somebody as precious as you just yet. And I, 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 I need, daddy needs a little bit more time because that he's trying to impact the world, but I haven't done a good enough job just yet. So the doctor's like, oh, do you want, you know, we're gonna, we may do a C-section, we may do this, but I need more time, doctor, because the world isn't ready for something that beautiful. And I can't, I can't hold her in 
uh, any longer. And it, it really, it has me concerned to say, to say the least. Yeah, I can feel it. I can tell. I, so one, one exciting part about all of this is that you will immediately, I'm sure somebody's already told you this, but you're going to immediately, your heart is going to grow immensely. Of course, even more than you think it can right now, it's going to. And, um, and, and that's going to be beautiful. Um, and the other, you brought up some interesting points. I mean, you brought up a lot of points. Um, but I, I like to dig into a couple. I think, I think when, you, when you talk about America, um, what's your perspective on, on how you, because then you said at the same time, well, you'll talk to people and they'll say, but that's not me. That's not how I feel. We love you or I love you. Um, how do you distinguish then the, the kind of broad reaching, overarching perspective of America versus the individual that you're talking to? So when I go into a room of people I don't know, I'm considered, I, I look at it as America. Mm. When I go into a room of people that, okay, I can, you can invite me. I can just show up at your house and then all of a sudden uh, I, I, can, I can come to dinner. Or you can invite me to your house and there's a warm welcome. When I go into a room of people I know, then I judge the room based on the people I know. So I know you, me and you can sit down and have a meal. I don't feel like I'm going to get called any crazy names, right? But if I go into some parts of this country and I just walk into an unknown room, then that is what I consider America because I don't know what I'm walking into. And I start off with a level of cautiousness until I know it's friendly. As you think of it like walking into it in, in the dark, you are cautious. You're not just running through the dark, but then if you know the room is empty, then you can walk a little bit more freely. And I, I look at America hmm. as the unknown, and that's how I feel about the unknown. And then if it's known, then, you know, I, 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 and, and I say that to say because it's difficult. Because when we talk about this, um, minorities understand it, and sometimes white people don't, don't get it, and they get personally offended, and it's not that we're trying to personally offend we're trying to enlighten you to how other people feel because yeah you know i i'm used to being in a room with mostly people that don't look like me right now and i give the analogy of imagine if well hold on hold on Adam. Right? i want to call a spade a spade right? right so so obviously like i'm a white man you're a black man we're having this conversation um and and so is it any different so let me let me throw this out there um, so if I, if I walk into, let, let's just, I'm going to take race out of it for a second. And if I walk into a room full of women, like an entire conference room full of women, I'm going to feel uncomfortable uh, because it's unknown. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know if I can identify with what they're talking about fully. doesn't mean I don't think I can have a conversation with them, of course, but, but like, I don't know their perspective, right? And so I think that's that what you're saying to me is um, is important because it helps me understand that your perspective when you're walking into a room that you're considering America. Uh, I'm just curious as to, you know, I'm not offended by that. Um, it helps me understand. But, but I'm wondering what like what does that um, how is that different? How is it different to walk into a room when we include race? 
because uh, because I'd probably feel really unusual, and I and I, I certainly would if I walk into a, a room of where where there's because this is kind of what you're describing, right? I'll reverse it, where you walk into a conference room with 150 other doctors, and you're the only black guy, right? And if I could flip that and say I'm I'm walking into a conference room with 150 other doctors, and I'm the only white guy, I probably feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Is it the case that it's more frequent for you that makes you feel less comfortable or is it then or more aware of it than I would be because it doesn't happen as often. Most white people would never even think about what you, what, what you just said, that it could, it could be more uncomfortable for me until I, we have this conversation that does not go through most non-minorities mind that a person that walks in a room could be a little bit more uncomfortable when we have the conversation and you think about it. But until then, you could go through a conference hall and see the one minority in the room and not think, you know what, they may be a little uncomfortable, right? Maybe I give them a warm welcome because there's a difference. Like if you come in and somebody's, mm. hey, so nice mm. to see you. I'm so happy that you're here. You know what, I have a seat for you right over here. We have some water. I was expecting you. Um, let me know if you need anything. Here's my cell phone number. And you know what, we're having a dinner this evening. I would love for you to attend. Um, this dinner, it's like a little VIP dinner. I would love for you to, to attend. I have a few friends coming, blah, blah, blah. Now you all know of us- what people are worried about. Do you know what people are worried about? What? They're worried about if they do that. I, I'm, I'm just speculating. Okay. I don't know okay. for sure, but, um, it's, it's, it's wonderful that you said that because I suspect that people are worried that if they did that, you'd think they were racist. Why would I think they're racist? No, because, because you, is that, do you have a perspective that potentially if somebody comes in and says, I'm going to, I'm going to seek Adam out because he's the only black guy in the room and try to welcome him. You, you wouldn't think that, well, okay, I, let, I, I'm just asking let, you, I'm let's, just, go, I, let's go to a definition of racism so we can, okay. we can get this because we, we discussed no, it. No, sorry. Let me say it differently. Maybe I shouldn't have said racism. Yeah, Maybe I should okay. say that, um, that we are, um, maybe not seeking him out for who he is, or for what he looks like. Okay. So and and it's good to know that you don't care about that because because I do think there's probably people that that in the back of their minds just don't do it cuz they don't want to make you feel more uncomfortable and not realizing that it would actually make you feel more comfortable if they did it. So if if there was a one woman in a room full of men, it wasn't <laughs> it wouldn't matter how or what you do, it's the fact that you're trying to be inclusive. Mm. It's the fact that you're trying to be inviting to that person. Because when I walk in, I am not sure if the room is friendly or not. There's no way for me to know. How Mm. do I separate between what I see on TV this week and that room? I do not know the thoughts in your mind. Until you tell me, I don't know the person standing in front of me. The same way when I go out on the street, that police officer does not know I'm, I'm, a, I'm an optometrist. I am a black 34-year-old man on the street. They know nothing about me. I know nothing about how you feel about me until you open your mouth. And the, the way you approach me when you open your mouth lets me know what kind of room I'm in. How is that first initial conversation, right? So when when and i'll go back to your your first statement because we we said racism but we you know yeah i, I probably didn't i probably shouldn't have used that term i'm just you know but but that's that's a goes bias, to also bias. Okay. all right i'll say bias e- even even then it has to have malicious intent 
for us to have a problem with it, it has to have a negative connotation. If what you're doing is, is saying that I should be more inviting to this person, let's say when, when, when your uh, child goes to kindergarten for the first time and say they start in the middle of the year, right? The other kids all know each other. Your child, you just moved to that new city, new school. They don't know each other. The teacher is singling out your child to make them feel more welcome and feel doing things to no, include get you. them get in you the there. group. It is not a negative thing that, oh, you're singling me out because I'm new. Like, how dare you single my child out for being new? No, teacher, you are supposed to be more welcoming to the new person walking in the room. The same thing should be said for rooms where you go in and there are no minorities in the room. They are new to that room. A lot of the other people have been coming to these conferences for years. I just graduated and this is my first time coming to Heart of America conference or whatever, right? Just being honest. And have you been there before? I, I have not, but I, uh, I have. I, 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 we'd, I have, we'd love to have you. I'm sure. would, I, I've, I've, I've been there a few you. times. Not, I, not that often, but. But so I, so I get, I get what you're saying. And, and I think, I think um, what I'm asking you is, is could it be the case that people uh, don't automatically think that? So here's, here's the kind of climate that I, that I wonder if people are in. I'm going to, I'm going to read you a quote and I can't tell you exactly who, uh, but, but it kind of, after you and I had our conversation last Friday night, um, it, it came to my head because one of my one of my favorite albums when I was in high school, I think it must have come out either when I was a senior, right, right, either the beginning of my senior year or the end of my senior year, um, was called Third Eye Vision by Hieroglyphics. And uh, so I, I remember at the very end of one song, uh, there's a quote that it sounds like it's from somebody giving a speech, um, but I, I cannot find who that quote is um, is from. And then when I searched it to go back even further, it was actually on a uh, Gift of Gab Chief Excel album, their first one called Melodica in, in 1994. But I think this really encompasses the way people feel right now and why I think the conversation that you and I are having is so important. And, and here's, so here's what it says. It says, does anybody know what the situation is? Do you know what we can do and what we can't do? Do you know what we can say and what we can't say? I don't know that anymore. And I don't have enough time to go and research all the laws. So I'm in the position that the only thing I can say about that is ethic. And so I, I think that's the problem when I think about maybe, maybe why uh, I think we're, everything is so elevated and so heightened that we're not seeing each other as individuals. We're seeing each other as collectives, right? America, uh, Black people don't want me to reach out to them because I'm worried that I'm not saying this is what you're saying, right? And I'm not saying this. I'm just saying that maybe people are saying, black, I'm worried that if I reach out in any abnormal way, in, like, then, then I might be looked at as, as you know, bias or uh, racist or whatever, like whatever it is, there's, there's probably some concern. And, and I think that actually prevents us largely from doing the stuff that we can do to, to have more diversity, to have more inclusion, to have more, um, more nuance in our conversation. And, um, and so do, do you feel that at all? Do you think that there's anything to that? Yeah, but I think this is where I, I, I want to clarify this, this point here so that we can frame the conversation appropriately. You can have a conversation about race without being racist. 
And somehow those things have become mutually, like it can't be mutually exclusive. Like you, you can have a discussion about that. Racist and racism is when you use your power for negative reasons. When you're using your power to push me down and, and make me feel uncomfortable because of my race, you would not be racist for trying to make me feel more comfortable in an environment. No, I get that. Right? I get no, no, that. No, but I, w- I want to clarify that point because people listening may not get that. So I'm, yeah, I want to okay. make sure I'm, I'm having a conversation with you, but I'm really <laughs> talking to the people listening. You, you have to understand racism and stuff is when you're using it for negative stuff. We can talk about race without being racist. We can talk about sex without being sexist. We can talk about children without going down the molestation route. We can have a conversation about a topic without it being a problem. And racist and racism, all that stuff, that, that, which is the backdrop of what we're talking about, not the only thing, but is when you are in a position of power and you're using it for, for, for negative situations. Oh. I cannot necessarily be the black person in the room and be racist because I have no power over that mm. room. I have oh, to be in power. That's interesting, Adam. I have so, to be in power to be in race to be racist. I cannot. I cannot be the minority in a in a section and try and discriminate against you. I it it it, it won't work. I would. I I have to be in power to that because otherwise I have no power over you. I can't. I I can't affect your life. I can't well, affect what you do. So 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 listen. So I um. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to concede on that definition of racism. And, and again, we can explore it a little bit deeper. Um, I, I think, uh, so explain to me how, how, um, how a statement about my race or my religion or about, you know, any of those sorts of things can't affect me uh, if, if you say it. I, I think that takes complete, that, that takes uh, isn't that isn't it isn't it um isn't that me actually taking power away from from you as a man like as a as a person individual with a oh it can i think it can no 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 me. i know I, I didn't say affect you what i said was when you when i make a statement can can me can i stop you from getting a loan can i stop you from coming into a conference that i have no control over i don't i may make a, a statement that offends you but a, a, an offensive statement and racism is not the same thing. I can be offensive to you, right? And you can dislike something, but racism, the, my definition, right? We can, we can argue about the definition. Well, well, so when, you are, when, when I am being disenfranchised because of my race from somebody that can actually disenfranchise me. You can't, a little, a, a, a little kid can't punk me in a room. The little kid has no control or power over me, no matter what he says. I can be, there's some rude kids out there. And yeah. they can kick you in your shin, and they can tell you you look fat. And I can be offended by it, but that kid has no power over me. So does the kid have? So let's say then the kid has. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand the where you're coming from and and the definition that you're using. So the little kid who uses a racist term against you is that racist? Does he then have power? It it it, it depends. I get I get the point you're you're, you're trying to make. Um, the kid can use an offensive term. Um, the kid can uh, grow up in a society in which he knows the power of those words. Hmm. So a five-year-old knows what it is to call me an N-word because it hmm. grew up in that home. And he's trying to use what he can to belittle me, knowing that he's only five 
and I'm bigger than him. And he says, you know what? Even though you're bigger than me, I have this over you. And spews out a term in a defense mechanism. Because even at five years old, that little kid understands the power of words and understands that you may be older than me, but you ain't me. And at five, that kid can understand that, that you cannot do in the reverse. You cannot, they're, 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 you, I, can, I can offend you and call you names, but that isn't having the same effect that a, that a five-year-old black kid cannot walk up to you and, and, and talk to you that brings about a connotation that makes you, remind you of where you really are. A five-year-old black kid cannot walk up to you in a room and throw a word at you that all of a sudden now you remember that even at five, that kid feels like the world is his. Hmm. It, does not, it does not happen. It, it cannot happen in reverse. Now, there can be offensive things. I can, I can so, make fun of you. I can pick on you. I can do things. But I do not have that small, little, that, that little goal button. I don't, I, don't, I don't have that in an arsenal, no matter how much I want. But you, but you're, so you're saying that I have in my arsenal, so just to, to break it down to you and I, I have in my arsenal a tool that I could use against you that would be so impactful. Uh, the words I, I would use, which I, of course I wouldn't, um, that they'd be so impactful because of, of kind of a, a, a broad spectrum of historical power that, that white people have over black people. And, and you don't see that, that there, is, there is a potential that you could use a word against me that, that doesn't have some power that would be belittling or that's okay, interesting. So we, we're going real deep on this conversation. Well, so, yeah, I mean, look, your, 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 your audience is know, about to be, they're not used to this one on, on, on a Monday no, morning, but let's, but that's let's, what let's I, go that's for what it. I want. Yeah, I mean, that's what let's, I want you on for. Let's, let, let's go for it. All right, let's going to be real. Y'all going to get the real Adam this morning. Um, <laughs> so let's. Okay, imagine for a second, you walk into a room and it is all inviting and everybody is welcoming. And I look to my left and in the corner of the room, I'm in the room, I'm enjoying a conference and uh, in the corner, I see a KKK hood. Now the room has been invited. Hold on, I'm, 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 give, me, give me a second. The room is inviting, right? But the second I see that, my whole demeanor changes. If I see a noose, in the hood, in, in, in the corner, all of a sudden, I'm looking around the room differently because those things have a connotation attached to it. Black people do not have anything that we have that could be in the corner of a room that would make you look around and be concerned. If you were in a room and everybody was smiling and laughing at you and hugging you and telling you, hey, man, what's going on? How you been, man? Let's, let's have a drink. Do you smoke cigars? We could be having a great time. There is nothing I could put in the corner of a room quietly, not mention it, not show it to you, and you would all of a sudden have a different demeanor about the people in the room. And that is where I, that's where we have to get the understanding. There is a separation. There is a difference between it. Now, there's not a, it's not a problem. It's not that I'm judging or getting across anybody. Because people that know me know I've been to almost every conference except part of America. I'm waiting <laughs> for an invite to that. Um, just keep throwing that out there. Um, I have been to every, almost every single conference, major conference out there, and I enjoy and I love and I be in rooms and I'm comfortable. I am totally okay. People are welcoming. Every day I don't walk around and people call me words and slander. That's not what, that's not what this conversation is about. But there is an understanding 
that hmm. I still am cautious in those rooms and other people are not cautious. The, 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 there is a difference, but there, I, I do not have that same power to your question. There isn't anything I could do or say to you that would change your demeanor without me saying a single word. Do you think that um, you're assuming anything? I'm just asking. Do you think that there's any assumption in that that uh, there could actually be something that would make you know somebody like me feel uncomfortable in a room that they saw off to the side? Name something for me. Well, I mean, so let's I can't say think, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I mean, um, let's say that uh, it is a um, you know some sort of meme about Catholic. Right. Like I'm not that sensitive of a person. I, I, I really not. And, and, um, but, but that but isn't like, having to do a race though. That is not black people doing it to you. That is that, that is something that's universal. There are black and white Catholics. I'm talking yeah, about, well, I'm just something. using, I'm just using Catholics cause, cause I'm Catholic. Right. Like, I know. I'm, what I'm like, saying is the, the, the point you're making is what you can do to me and what I can do to you. Okay. They stole surely on, on race. Black people do not have that power. That's what I'm telling you. That, that's when people try to, to, to make it as an equal argument, and it is not an equal discussion. Now there's, and, and, and back to my other point, I am not saying that every single person walks around, we're just having a discussion about sure, course, racism, yeah. racism so yeah. that people can understand how other people feel. You yeah. gotta understand when people talk about white privilege, we, 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 are, we are having a discussion about saying, listen, there are things and ways in which you can walk around in the world, and I cannot do that. When, when, when I go, when the police officer comes to my car, I cannot say I have rights and uh, let me see your ID and let me see your badge number and who do you think you are? That is not the conversation I can have. No, with that's the not the conversation I have either. I get all no, my not stuff that you together. Have. What I'm saying and, is that you. And I, I, I make sure I got it. I got my hands on 10 and 2. We're not having a discussion about you. I am saying Correct. As, a, as a generality. And I'm also not only talking about me. I'm, I am having, we're having a discussion and I am representing. Well, no, no, no. I, I, Adam, I do want to talk about you. I, I, think, I think in these discussions, I mean, I think there is a, a, a larger picture that can be gained, but, but I'm, but okay but there's a lot of black people and and you're just you're one black person right so mm -hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to think of what's okay. your perspective on that that is still my perspective okay yeah. that is still my, my my still same perspective is that i i have i have i've had those experiences with people of authority that i do not feel other people have had i have been the passenger in cars and be seeing other people talk to the police in ways that I have never in my life thought was possible to talk to somebody of authority. And when they mention my uncle is so-and-so, all of a sudden, have a good day. Yeah, that it's garbage. No, it's garbage. It, but, yeah. it's, but it, I have been I, yeah. in the car Look, when that happens. And there with is you. not a thing that I could do to say that and have that reaction or have that thing. So there is a separation of how my experience is when I drive as a 34-year-old black man, and I am driving the speed limit, and the police come behind me and turn and their lights on. And you're recording social media. I, and I am recording, but it's, on, but it's up on the top. I know, I'm, I'm just giving a hard time. I press, <laughs> I, I press record when I'm stopped, and then I just, <laughs> I look straight ahead and I record. But while the, the police come behind me, I hold my breath. I put my hand on 10 and two. I sit up straight, I double check. Do I have my seatbelts on? Is my, do, are my brake lights on? that I hold my breath, that, that I don't know if everybody experiences that. And 
when I've done nothing wrong. You yeah. know, that, that, that is the fear that I have because I have examples that I know and I've been in situations where it was, ra- I remember I getting pulled over in uh, Gainesville and it was raining at the time. And I think I wrote, like I, 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 and I've done this in the past, I need to stop doing this. But on a red light, I made a, a, a right turn without uh, making a complete stop. So it was like, you know, it's kind of raining. I look, there's nobody there. It's the middle of the night. I make a rolling stop. Lights turn on. Like, uh. he on me. like he knew I was coming. In the rain, it took like 20 minutes. He did not like, he was just sitting there with the lights on and I'm stopped. And this guy wrote me a ticket without getting out of his car. He looked at my license plate, wrote it up, and then told me on the intercom, step out of the vehicle in the rain. Do you think, so it's at nighttime. Nighttime. Uh, look, I'm just, so I'm asking. Um, so your perspective obviously is quite different than mine on this issue because I, I, I've, I've maybe gotten pulled over five times in my whole lifetime. And, uh, and I don't know what it's like to drive down the street in a nice car and feel like I'm getting pulled over because I'm black. Right. I, I don't know what that's like. And I'll tell you already, like, again, this is not about me, but I just want to give you my perspective a little bit is that, you know, I, I tell my kids, don't talk to cops. Like I got friends that are cops. And uh, I, I think if I'm in a room, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're there because I know them personally. But I tell them, like, do not talk to police. They are not there to help you. They are there to unless unless you are in need. Right. They're, they're there to try to find what's go, what who they can convict evidence they can get on somebody so like police comes knocking at our door you don't talk to them we're gonna attorney i don't care what it is and that's the approach i take because i because listen i I listen to a lot of uh of uh wrongful conviction stuff and and every single time it's like why did you talk to the police they twisted everything around so i don't have your perspective but admittedly uh you were rolling you did roll through a, a, a red light he, he might not have known you were black, right? Could, was there a chance that he didn't know you were black when he wrote you that ticket? Mm-mm. No chance in the rain? I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's possible. But when he looked me up, he had my name license. So you can pull up my driver's license. So he looked up the car. And then when he looked it up, he knew who I was. Okay. So maybe when he pulled me over, he did not know. But the ticket I got that I had to walk back in the soaking rain had my name on it already. And you looked up, you have my driver's license, you know right. what I look like. Right. So somebody yeah. else, would he have done that? To them, maybe, maybe not. And I'm not saying I'm not. But your perspective is that, that, but so that's, that's interesting. I'm not trying to interrupt, but your perspective is, because I want to clarify this point, is that whether he did it uh, because you're black or you happen to be black, your sense was, your sense is that there is a possibility that it's because I'm black. I, my feeling is that he would not have done it if I wasn't. Now, the thing is, I can, I can, pull random black people on the street and ask them to give me a story like that and seven out of ten of them could give me a story like that look and i'm I with you i'm with a you. random group of white people and ask them and they would struggle to give me the same story now is the reason that the all these people can give you that story because they're black or not we don't know i've never been white so i don't know how it is for other people but i know i've had numerous occasions in which things have happened to me that when I talk to my white friends, they do not have a story to tell me. So can I say for certain he wouldn't have done it? No, but it's, uh, it seems a little suspicious that only the black people have these stories. 
I mean, I got stories. I mean, I got stories. Now, if you okay, want. you, can, you but, can have stories. Now, well, no, one thing I so, want to but, is that my best friend is a police officer. I go to his house almost every other day. I eat food with him. I eat dinner with him. The people that know know that that's my best friend, right? So when I make a story about police, it is not saying that there aren't nice police. He well, is I know, my, I know. the godfather of my daughter that's coming out is him. So I, I want to say that point. So people, because people are re listening to this and saying, how dare he talk about the police? And da -da. Hold up. I didn't say all people. What I'm saying is that there's a feeling that I do not know that police officer until he starts having interaction with me. Now, right. I have a concern that not everybody else has. Now, when he starts talking to me as a human and a person and say, hey, man, you kind of roll that light. And I say, yeah, man, you're right. I did. I'm sorry. Here's my license, registration, and insurance. I was wrong. Fair. But when I get pulled over and, and it, it's happened to me and the police officer tells me that I've done nothing wrong this time, but he says to me, and this was in a uh, Bible Belt area. I'm going to leave the state out. Just not, not piss people off because I want to get invited to their conference. <laughs> Um, and that police officer says, I'm going to follow you to the county line and I don't want you to stop for gas, for water, for food until you get to the county line. And I am 24 at this time and I did nothing. I was in the gas station pumping gas and he asked me, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? And he said, I'm going to follow you to the county line. And I drove for an hour to the county line. And when I passed the county line, he turned around. Now this is an instance that happened to me getting gas. I was at the gas station, I'm stopping, I'm driving through, going to Memphis, and I'm driving from Florida to Memphis. And you can guess along the way, which- <laughs> There's only a couple states there. <laughs> There's only a couple options. And I am getting gas, filling up, and the police officer comes on the other side, and he's the guy with the sharp brim hat. Whenever I see the sharp brim hat, I'm telling you right now, hmm. that sharp brim hat, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because of the instances that I've had with that sharp brim. And this is what he says to me. I have done nothing wrong. He has, he asked me for my license and registration at the gas station pump. What could I have been doing parked? You drove into the gas station. Now, when you say I've had instances too, I understand but Look, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. So, so what do you do about that? So, so I'm thinking, all right, well, well, okay. That's, com that's clearly wrong. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's, it's clearly wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, that there was a race reason involved, right. From what you're telling me. I don't know what else. I, I, if you can give me another reason that I didn't, no, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm saying, I, I agree. That's probably, that's probably the case. Well, what do you do? Like, so I guess, I guess let's, let's, um, I still disagree. I'm not, I, I hate the term agree to disagree. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use that. I still disagree that, that you have to have power to be racist. Um, maybe we're, maybe we're using different terms. Uh, but how can we, how can we fix that type of situation? I mean, it seems to me that like, like you said, let's get the guy's badge number. Let's report him. Let's figure out a way. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, and, I, and I think people are with you on that. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know anybody that would say, hey, Adam, you shouldn't have been in that county. I don't know anybody. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you do, but, but I don't know anybody that'd be like, yeah, you shouldn't have been there, Adam. It was wrong. You should have drove through the other state. The crazy thing is, is that getting the badge number and doing different things like that, 
we have reported and said different things and those cops do not get arrested. Those cops, those things do not happen. There's been video evidence of people killing and murdering people and everybody else can look and see and you can see exactly what happened and they get an acquittal. So that's not it. And what I would like to also say is that the audience that, that is listening right now is mostly I care related, right? Sure. Yeah. They're sitting now listening. Well, what does that have to do with me? Well, yeah, that let's bring it. Yeah. Does not necessarily have anything to do with you. It is the understanding that sometimes we can be living in two different Americas. We can be living mm. in two different environments and be in the same room. And when we, you talk about, you know, should I be more welcoming to that person in the room? You have to understand that the same person that is coming into that room has had that same interaction with other people. And I just want to know, is this room safe or not? Is mm. this room welcoming or not? When we talk about, you know, I look at the, AOA board, no black people. ASCO board, no black people. Academy board, no black people. Most of the state boards, no black people. And then I, I had a conversation with the people of, in, in different boards and they're like, well, black people can come. They just don't, they, 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 never, uh, they never apply. And I, my response to them is, we are not sure what kind of room we're walking into. Hmm. And it's different to be welcomed into that room and asked to come in that room and somebody make a phone call and say, hey, would you like to be on this board or not? We are really looking to have somebody um, that, that has your credentials. And I think you would add a lot of value to be at our, on our board. So we'd like to invite you to dinner. And I would like to invite you to come be a guest at the meeting and come sit with me at our next meeting so you can get a feel for what it's like to be on the board. That is totally different than me looking up and Googling something and going up on a site and saying, hey, they have a deadline next week. Maybe I should throw my name in the hat. When I look at the room, I have no idea what that room is. What am I signing myself up for? When I walk in the room, yeah, they may be cordial in my face, but what do they say when I walk out? Hmm. I do not know. And if I'm going to give up my time, if I'm going to give up my family life, if I'm going to do things for that, I want to know that that room is welcoming to me, not just they put up with me. No, because I get I've you. Been in places where people can put up with me and not necessarily want me there. And there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. And I, I, think, um, I think what you're saying is a, a really valid point in the sense that, I mean, two things, I think, and I think two things can be true. I think um, my original proposition to you is that I, I suspect that what happens is two things. First is that people, people are afraid of what, they, of, of what they're going to be perceived as. And I'm not saying this is right, okay? I'm just saying that people are, are afraid on, on probably both sides. One side is probably afraid that, they're, that, that somebody's going to think they're being biased because they're seeking somebody else out. And the other side, from what I'm gathering from you, is um, I feel like, I, I wonder if, if, if you're not giving, um, I'm wondering, again, I, I haven't lived your experience, but I'm wondering if you're not giving more power to white people than we actually have. Like, like I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering. So, and so I'm wondering if that doesn't give you a perspective of, of, um, of, a, of a bias towards a situation that may not actually be there. And, and again, I'm not saying that any of those things aren't justified. Like, like what you're, I'm not saying that your perspective isn't valid. I'm just saying, I'm wondering if you're not giving, giving me more power than I, than I actually have over you or, or giving like in terms of saying, well, you can be, you can be racist, Chris. Well, man, that, that's given me a lot of power. Like you're, you're telling me right now 
that I have something that I can do or say, really something that I could say or show you that, that has that. And that's, that's like, I don't, I don't think I got that power over you. I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe I do, but, but I think the only person that can give me that power is sitting right in front of me virtually is you. I, I think, and so, so maybe that's the perspective that's different. And maybe that's, that is a, a, a mentality that I have that, um, that is a luxury. I don't know, but, but, uh, but I'll, I'll challenge you. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of flip it back and say, you know, I, I think you're, I think you're giving me too much credit. I think you're giving me, I mean, if, if it's just you and I, right. I think you're giving me too much power in that situation. Um, and so then I also hear what you're saying in terms of, of being invited. And I, I like the fact that you're saying, look, invite us in, welcome us in, ask us to do these things. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's a way we get, get toward, toward your goal. And so I think then let's, let's have the rest of this conversation because <clears throat> I don't want to, if, if I think we can both, both agree that we want more perspectives, more opinions to come. I mean, just in general, I think, you know, look, if, if you're, if you're, you've got a lot of talent and you got a lot of passion. And if we're not tapping into those talents as a profession, then we're not being able to serve our patients collectively well. And so I, I want you, I mean, I want you, I want other black people. I want other Hispanic people, Asian people. I want their perspectives in our profession. So how do we get there? And, um, and yeah, yeah. What do you think? How do we get there? What's your, what's your role at black bike care perspective? What is your role to, to get us to that point of, of more diversity? So with Black Eye Care Perspective, we have what we have put up. Um, and Black Eye Care Perspective is a collection of African-American Black optometrists um, and opticians and ophthalmologists and industry executives um, that are global. So we have uh, docs and we have people in Africa, in Europe, in Canada, in the Caribbean um, that, uh, that come together to try and give our perspective. It's really simple. It's trying to give... Uh, the eye care industry, something it's missing because the eye care industry as a whole, you know, me and Dr. Glover, who started this, Daryl Glover, a shout out to my favorite optometrist. Um, <laughs> we were at a conference. We were at Vision Expo to tell you exactly the conference. And I met up with him and we literally walked around Vision, Vision Expo together. And me and him were the only black people we saw for the entire day. The entire day. I didn't see another in, black person. In New York? In, 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 in the New York, uh, it may have been, it may have been, it may have been Vegas. Vegas. I think Vegas. it may have been Vegas. And we sat down at the end of the day and we said, this industry is missing something because 13.8% of, uh, of the patients that, we, that, that, that this industry is trying to serve is African-Americans, yet so few of them have a voice to tell them how to actually market to that group. Think about um, if you tried to sell, if men tried to sell women's clothing, how the heck do men know exactly what women need all the time? Now you can have an idea, but it would help to have a women's perspective on what fits a woman and what colors and what patterns and what they want. And they want pockets in their dresses, right? But right now the eye care industry is trying to market and sell to a community that they have not allowed to have a voice. They have not asked the opinion of. And we said, well, we know, we know better than somebody else. And if not us, then who? 
So we said, you know what? Let's go see if there are other people that would like to give a voice to the voiceless. Let's see if we can get more people together um, that want to help educate. Because I said, you know what? I can't be mad at the IKEA industry for not giving a voice to black doctors or black executives or black consultants if we don't have black executives, black consultants, and black doctors raising their hands saying, I would like to be that voice. So we created a group to be that voice to then say, hey, if you need some assistance, call me. If you think you're good, good luck, you know, we're, but, we're, but we're here. Um, and we, we started and we threw out the 13% promise and we're asking companies and schools and corporations to have a promise that they are going to work towards getting 13% of their schools to be African-American, to be 13% of their speakers bureaus to be African-American, 13% of uh, their donations to go to uh, Black and African-American uh, charities and organizations, 13% um, of their board to be uh, African-American and make that thing to say, listen, I want my board and my company and what we do and what we serve to be a reflection of America. And I am going to work towards it, that it is that way. And I use the example that 10, 10 years ago or so, we had 10% or probably 20 years ago, they had 10 or 20% women in the profession of optometry. And they looked around and said, the country is 50% women. How in the world do we have so few women in our profession? So we're gonna put together a marketing strategy and a plan in which we're gonna increase women in our profession. And they had, a they had a direct targeted approach to go after getting more women in our profession. And that plan was overly successful. Now we have 70% of the new graduates. Some programs have 85% women in their class. Yeah. Their plan worked to perfection because they had a targeted approach. And when I go to these companies and organizations and I say, what is your approach for black people? they look at me with a puzzled look on their face. Like, what do you mean? Do I need an approach for that? And I said, well, do you want it to be more diverse? And they look at me and it's almost as if, I don't know, do I need it to be more diverse? Would my shareholders want me to make it more diverse? Not as if they would like it to be more diverse. What is- Yeah, but those companies, you know, Adam, so I'm not, I'm not giving them a pass on this because I'm with you again. I'm with you on this idea. So I, it's one of the reasons I reached out to you. Uh, but you know, companies like these big companies can't make a decision. I mean, they got to filter it through an entire group. And I mean, you know, I, I asked for, for sponsorship for one thing. And, and most of the time it's going to be filtered through, you know, all these different people. And, you know, I mean, you know how that goes. I mean, that's how it goes. That is how it goes. So they're, they're thinking, okay, well, what, 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 what do I have to do here? What does that mean? Who am I going to have to be holding to? So, um, but, but it's great that they're, that they're having the conversation. What, what is most, what are most of them? I can't imagine any of them are saying we don't want more diversity. Uh, so we've gotten calls from a, a lot of the schools. We've gotten calls from a few of uh, the companies. Um, some are willing to talk with us offline and off the books and say, I believe in your 13% promise, but I don't think I could make that promise publicly. And they are saying that I am scared that I don't think we could do it. I don't think it's possible for us to live up to the standard that you're asking. So I don't want to promise anything that I don't believe that is, that is possible for me to do. But and is it, is it, so, sorry, I, I want to, um, but is it, is it going to be challenging for them right now? Because 
there is a cart before the horse sort of thing where, where right now we've got like what 3.8% of 3.5% of optometrists are black. And if we get to 13% in five years, like, well, we're going to have to have a pool of at least 13.5%, uh, you know, assuming that all things are equal. Right. So, so that's why I cut two things first. That's why I love what you're doing with impact. Okay. I want you to talk really briefly about that. And then, uh, then we'll have a follow-up conversation later on, but, um, but, and then also, but before we get to that, tell me about what happened with, uh, and we don't have to even use the school unless you want to. Um, but you know, I, the, the fruits of, of what you all are doing, um, at this point, I I'm completely, completely with you. Like, like, again, I, I don't necessarily, I think we come from obviously different perspectives. Right. And I also think that, that there's some probably political differences that we have. And I would suspect even that within your group, maybe not, that you have political differences, right? Where, where like yeah, somebody's, a, somebody's approach, yeah, somebody's approach might be, look, let's leave it up to this organization or somebody's approach might be, no, we want more money from the government or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and I, I would hope that's the case. The, um, so let's, what, what happened with this school? What did they announce? And, uh, and, 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 and I really loved your reaction cause it, well, cause it was my reaction too, but, um, but like, I thought, yes, yes. Adam is on the right track. Like he's not just trying to, to, to do something that's not going to be good in the long term. So go ahead, go ahead, please. So uh, I'll leave them. Anybody who knows, follows us, knows the name of the school. So we can yeah, leave yeah. that out. But what I would say is when you, when you made your previous statement that companies do and they follow what social media or what the trend or Twitter is saying is true statement. So mama ain't raising a fool over here. We created a marketing plan and a buzz to make the push that we wanted. So it wasn't just out of the blue. We said, okay, well, we need to educate them on the problem, which is what we did when we put out a, a video in which it talks about our experiences being uh, black doctors and that just because these things that are happening in America aren't directly eye care related, doesn't mean that eye care doesn't have issues here. So we wanted to point the focus the same way in this conversation, I pointed the focus back to eye care so that people couldn't walk away from this feeling like, well, I'm not a police officer. So they talked about the police. So that has nothing to do with me. No, those are examples. That doesn't mean that nothing happened here. Um, so we put out there and we said, you know what? Things need to happen and things need to change. And there are issues in which uh, black students are being different, disenfranchised when they are applying to these schools and they, they are not getting in and they're not getting the same opportunities that other people get in. This school, which we'll leave out, um, decided that they made a statement saying that um, we understand that the OAT score may not be uh, a, a good indicator of a uh, student's aptitude to get in, and it is not necessarily a good example for how well they're going to do to pass boards. So we are deciding that we are no longer going to require any sort of standardized testing as, an, as a meter stick to get into our school. And at the bottom of that app letter, I read it and I was like, okay, I can roll with you. I'm like, okay, that, that your choice, go for it. And right at the bottom of the letter, they slide in a statement that says, well, we know uh, black and brown people struggle to take tests. So we're not going to require them to take tests as a hope that more black and brown people can get into our schools. Excuse me? That's the soft bigotry of low expectations. That is it. All day long. Loved, slaughtering you with love taps. 
that 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 yep. is it. that is the backhanded compliment that people make when people say you're pretty for a black girl. Yeah. Well, well, well excuse me. You are pretty. <laughs> well, where is the expectation that black people are not pretty? Is when you make that statement when you say that black people can't pass. Tests so have so they walked that back? No, they have not. They have not made a statement to me. I've not seen another letter. The same way that letter came out, I would have seen another one. Um, so um, I, I took a pause and I was like, "Excuse me, I got a 340 on my OAT. I don't know what you're talking about. I could have got into any school. I had a 3.65 or 6.7 GPA coming out of UF. Hmm. What is that statement that you're that you're that you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's that's not it. Now, my concern is after that statement was put out. I felt some kind of way. I took a pause. I went to sleep. I slept on it. I woke up the next day. Still felt, still felt kind of offended. I said, okay. I said, you know what? I know some big people at that school that are black. Let me call them and see something. And they no longer work at that school, but they are, if you look up the black heads of that school, you will see who's been there and who speaks for that school. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, excuse me, Did they, uh, what do you feel about this? And this person was like, I am highly offended. And I said, okay. Did they talk to you about this before they put this out? And they said, no, they talked to me about a lot of stuff, but this was not one of the things that was discussed uh, that was put out. If they would have talked to me, I would, have not, I would have told them not to say that. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And then we talked about a lot of other things. So then I put, out, I, I put out my statement saying, you cannot do things for black people without black people. Ask us our opinion. What we are saying is that Black people, some black people and minorities struggle to get OAT prep and uh, test Kaplan books and the tutors and the ability to interview at any school and fly around the country to go to these interviews if you don't have the resources that we're disenfranchised in those areas. But we are not disenfranchised that black people ain't smart because if you let in somebody that cannot pass a standardized test in the beginning, they will struggle to pass a standardized test at the end. Okay? Totally. You're just going to, you're just going to put them in, in way more debt. You're going to put them, you're going to give them, you know, some schools uh, have $50,000 tuition in the beginning, in the first year and 10,000 at the end. I know. I think it's actually a way to get more money out of people. That's what I think it is. And let's let anybody in and we'll just, we'll just strap them with their problem. We don't care. We don't care what happens. It is their problem. They're not concerned about. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. The school that is listening. If you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what you're doing. And and that, and that's not, and that is not what we're asking. That's not what we never, that's not never what we said. So, uh, you know, that is the, the disrespect that we felt from that. My issue that I had is I waited almost a week before I put out my statement, right? And I saw a few comments here and there, right? A few, few comments here and there that people didn't like. But after I made my video, everybody was like, that's exactly what I felt, Adam, like you said. <laughs> now, my thought to myself is, why is it that I had to say something? Why is it that I had to make such a bold statement and video to come out? And the other people that were thinking the same thing thought it in their head, but did not necessarily vocally come out and say, hey, you school, that is wrong. Even though they, a lot of people thought it, they kept their feelings to themselves. And what we're saying is that, listen, we don't want to have to speak to everybody. Anybody read that and said, that is wrong. There should be other people that could see that plain as day and say, 
that is the wrong approach. And my, what my feeling was like, I wish I didn't have to say it. I don't want to have to speak for, on every single topic on every single time. But if nobody else will, I will. And I'm comfortable. And that's the good thing about working for myself and doing all the stuff that I'm not worried about nobody firing me. And I'm not worried or caring about how anybody thinks because I feel like the statements I have to make are the statements I have to make, not the ones I would like to make. I would like to just be Adam Ramsey, the optometrist that loves private practice and loves people and wants to help people and wants to help people get into school regardless and just live my life. But if I have to bear a cross and if I have to come on different podcasts and explain and say about how I feel to start my day before I go into patient care, <laughs> then I, I will because I need to give a voice to other optometrists that feel the way I feel, but they may not be able to articulate it the way I am able to articulate it right now. Um, and it, it, the voice and the a perspective and opinion needs to come out. And what I want to say to these schools and companies is have minorities at the table and ask us what we want and give us an, an opportunity to let you know how that feels. Filter that through first. When you make a statement about women and women's reproductive rights, you should ask women what they want in that. You should make a, a determination on what another group wants or does without including them in the conversation. And then you know what? If you mess up and you make a mistake, be man and woman enough to come and be as bold as you were with that statement and be just as bold and stand in front and say, I was wrong. And now I realize my faults and I am, I am man and woman enough to say, we are going to change. And we see that we are part of the problem and we are going to change. And until you can do that, I can't go to my wife and I have an issue with her. Until I apologize, I cannot brush over that. My wife is waiting on the apology. We could be cooking and we could be doing whatever, but I can't look at her no kind of way until I say, Sweetie, I was wrong. I am sorry. You know what? I talked to you in the wrong tone. I was a little stressed out. I'm going to do this differently. You know what? I'm going to give myself a five-minute breather before I come in the house so that I can have a better demeanor when I walk in the door. Then she says, okay, babe, we move on with our day. But I cannot move on with the day until I have addressed the problem. And what I have an issue with that school is that they are moving on with life and have not addressed the problem. And thousands of people have said that was wrong. And now we see where you are. And now we have the ability to, we have, we have a whole bunch of students that are coming in. And I will tell students coming in, you know what? Maybe you don't apply to that one. Maybe you don't go because I'm afraid of what's in that room. I am afraid of the, 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 the people that are in that room and how they feel about you. And would they take your money and go through and use your money to push an agenda that we do not a, a believe with because that's where they would be welcome and you would be allowed to be in the room, but I'm not sure they want you in the room. Yeah, and that's, and that's, I think that's, I think that's the, so, so you unpacked some things there that I think offline, probably not appropriate for an eye care podcast, but I'd love to have a conversation with you about, but we'll, we'll, we'll set that aside. Mm -hmm. The other thing that, um, and we'll do that over uh, some bourbon and, and uh, I know you like cigars, so we'll have a, uh, we'll, we'll do that. Yes. But, um, but anyway, um, I think it actually was a statement they thought stupidly. And it, uh, that's kind of why I opened up the conversation. They thought, they thought it was a bad idea. 
they thought it was a good idea. They thought we were going to say thank you yes, so much. Yes, yes, yes. No. It's because they're afraid to have the conversation, so they think they're going to placate people. And they think they're going to make things go away, whatever it is. So, all right. Last thing, because I want to be respectful of your time because you did get up early. Uh, you look super sharp and super rested. So thanks, thanks for doing it early. Last question, because then this will lead us into the next conversation. So again, another thing I love that you're doing is you're saying, look, we're going to own this. We're going we're gonna to own this and we're going to be a part of, of figuring out a way toward more diversity in the schools, in industry. And that is Impact HBCU. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Uh, mama ain't raising a fool again. So we have a plan and an agenda. What is coming out now was not, is not by happenstance, okay? We created the noise, the buzz, created the need and the awareness. And now we are then saying, we are also going to be a part of the solution. So Impact HBCU, which is historically black colleges and universities, uh, graduate the most amount of African-Americans in this country. But most colleges and optometry schools do not go to HBCUs to garner students. But then they say they don't find any African-Americans. Well, if I went to an all-boys school to try and recruit women, you would find no women because there aren't any there. You need to go to the school where they are. So if you do not go to historically black colleges and universities, you will never have black optometrists in your school to, to, to come in. It makes absolutely no sense to us. So we created what's called Impact HBCU, in which we are going to be going to uh, uh, the, the schools and, 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 and giving them the story about eye care and giving them um, the pipeline. We're creating a pipeline for that in which we are going to get more kids interested in eye care so that they have the opportunity to go to the schools. And then we're going to be consulting and helping them pick the appropriate school in which we feel that there's diversity and inclusion at the schools. And if we are also going to be helping them with their OAT prep, getting them capital courses, trying to get them scholarships and uh, be able to go ahead and get them into the schools. So we, are, we see the problem. We are addressing the problem. We are bringing about an education and an awareness of the issue. And we are making other people aware of the issue because black people knew there was an issue and black people was aware. So we were not creating the awareness for ourselves. We knew that there was a problem. What we are doing is saying, hey, I care industry, look right here. Because in 2007, there was 60% Caucasian in this profession. In, in 2020, there's 49% in, the, uh, in, in, in coming uh, in, uh, in the schools. So 60% of people coming into the schools were Caucasian in 2007. In, 20, uh, in 2020, it was uh, 49%. In uh, 2007, Hispanics were at um, uh, 5%. Now they are at 10%. Asians were at 24%. Now they are at over 30%. So eye care industry was becoming more diverse. And underrepresented minorities were being more represented. But Black people in 2007 were at 3% in coming into this profession. In 2020, 3%. Yep. So the profession is becoming more diverse. It is just leaving Black people out. So when we have organizations and companies that say we are going after underrepresented minorities, the issue is you can become more diverse and not have more Black people. And that's why we are saying, hey, guys, 
we want it to be more diverse, but we need a targeted approach right here. Because the problems and issues that are affecting this group are different than that group. So you need to have a different plan for this, and you need to have a different approach for this if you want the numbers. Because we looked at the ASCO numbers. They are available online. Anybody, it took me five minutes to find. And I can read this chart and say, hey, guys, these trend lines uh, look good for everybody except this group. So what is the plan for this group? And when I asked the schools and companies the plan for this group, they said, uh, we want everybody to come in. But how are they going to come in? Oh, uh, well, we're going to just tell the students that we're a cool profession that's easy to work with and you have work-life balance. Okay. Does that, did you do a, 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 a study group and a focus group to say, does that work for black people? Is that the message that we need? Well, no, we just, you know, all students want it. Uh, uh, black people aren't all students. And your all students approach worked for everybody else. And somehow there's something different about this group that that message that you've been putting out for the last 30 years does not reach this group. So do you have a different message for this group or do you care if this group comes into your profession? Uh, we care. We just, uh, we're just trying to help everybody. Okay, so now we are going to do it over here and we are making the, the point that comes out and we're making the awareness. And I'm happy to say that companies are supporting it after we have created the awareness, right? So we created well, the awareness, I mean, we created that, the bug. That's going to happen. And then now the companies are on board with supporting it. The schools are on board with supporting it. They just didn't really have a plan or a marketing uh, aspect and they are on board with trying to hop on it. And my statement to them is, you should have asked us a long time ago because we could have told you this a long time ago. So why is it the person that's unpaid to do this is coming up and giving, providing, creating a pipeline to help your schools become more diverse? Every school should have contacted us and say, we would like to be on board. Well, and look, I'm so, glad to so, admit that they have not all contacted us. Very few have contacted us and said they want to get on board. So the other ones are admittedly saying that we, we, we do not. We do not. We do not care. And it'll grow. It'll grow. The the fruits of what you're working on will grow. And I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, you know, from a standpoint of 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 being unpaid, you know, uh, all the things in terms of AOA and FOA and all these other things. I mean, you, you're doing things that are going to impact the profession, and and we do them because we believe in them, right? Yeah, and, right, right. And we're doing them not because we're getting paid for them. Uh, and and I think you know whether or not this spawns other, other opportunities for you, I suspect it will. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I, I can't wait to have a, a conversation with Essence and Jacoby uh, for the follow-up to this conversation to really dig deep into impact um, and, and specific plans. Um, but, uh, but Adam, you know, we, we don't always agree. And I, I'm, I'm sure in the future, we're not always going to agree on things or on different approaches. Um, but I'm super grateful to have this conversation with you. I think it was illuminating. Uh, I think it'll be illuminating. I hope it was to you, it was to me, and I hope it'll be illuminating to, to the listeners. I, I agree. So I'm happy for, have, for you having me on because there are other people that have thought about it and not everybody wants to have this discussion, but it's not an easy discussion. And it's not an easy discussion that I, I don't want to wake up in the morning and have this discussion either. Oh, come I would on. Like to wake, I would this like wasn't to, a pleasant conversation. It was pleasant, but I'm, what I'm saying is not necessarily <laughs> that, that, that I would like that. But you know what? If I have to have it, I appreciate that I can have a, we can have a, and I, don't, I wish we can get to a point in which we can all have a discussion in which we don't agree, but we can have a healthy, honest discussion. 
yeah. I don't mind having yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to talk. We shouldn't only be talking to people that we 100% agree with because we don't learn anything like that. We learn from habits of right. sitting across the table with somebody that has a different opinion than us. And I appreciate you having me on and giving me another opportunity to talk to, you, talk to your listeners. I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to the people <laughs> behind there. And just, just know that I am here and available and I would love to talk to more people and talk to more companies and give them my perspective. And my perspective is not the only perspective. They have other people. And like you yeah. said earlier, there are other people that feel differently than me. We're not a monolithic group, but we are a group in itself in which you can get broad opinions because there's multiple people in there. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have the conversation with you and I'm thankful for, to, to have it. And I feel like I hope people are able to take away from this and listen to it and understand that the point of this was not to offend anybody. It was just to enlighten people on other people's sides. And then we'll just keep having this discussion yeah, yeah. Um, and keep talking. Um, and uh, it will, it, it's great. So I appreciate it. And I can't, I'm going to take you up on that, that cigar and bourbon by the campfire because I saw you put in a new fire pit yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've already Seriously, man. Here. Anytime already they let us state. out, we're... I've already flown to your state before. So I, yeah. I, I know where the airport is. So I can, uh, I can come there again. I'm yeah. in, I'm in the new baby, the new baby, your wife, absolutely. Baby, man. Free. So until they're two babies, fly free. <laughs> so we can get up and grow. And I know you have no issues with kids at your house. Cause you got a lot nope. of, so nope. we got uh, a lot of things when, to do when I'm invited to your home, different than just showing up and knocking on the door. Uh, I don't mind coming and we can sit out and have a, a conversation and, and, and I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll work for it, man. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you.